Something Samson looked at it through other people's eyes. Take some time and reflect on what you believe in your soul. Cause that is the key to life. You gotta let the negativity go. Hello and welcome to What the Fox podcast with your two hosts, Lindsay Fox and Amber Ross. As a reminder, today's episode is sponsored by therapyappointment.com. In addition, we are also sponsored by consciousheelers.com. Conscious Healers uh, is a consciously connected retreat and coaching center uh, that is really rooted in being divinely inspired and spirit led. In fact, I will be leading one of those retreats on April 20th in Sedona, Arizona. We invite you to please check us out. It is going to be magical and healing in every way possible. So with that, we are going to dive in right into today's episode. We have an amazing guest speaker with us today, and her name is Haley McGee. She is a certified coach as well as a writer, and she is most well known for really kicking ass and taking names whenever it comes to boundary setting. (laughs) I love it. Wow. I love that too. Can everyone please introduce me that way? <laughs> yes. From this day forward, that is your introduction. <laughs> That's the tag. <laughs> well, thank she- you, Lindsay. I'm so stoked to be here with the two of you. This is going to be really fun. Yeah, Haley, we're thrilled to have you. Obviously, you know, something that Lindsay and I've talked about a few times in this podcast is, you know, identifying boundaries, talking about like what that could look like in our lives. And today's conversation is kind of designed to take that to that next level and kind of see you know, what does it really look like? Um, How do you get started? Because like, obviously, are we ripping the bandaid off? And like one day we have no boundaries. The next day we have 100 boundaries. Like, what are we doing? How do we how do we get started? (laughs) Yes, I always use the metaphor of like, it's like if you're learning how to like go running, for example, you're not going to start off with a marathon, right? You're going to start with like little warm ups and running laps. And I think in our boundary setting, we have to do the same thing. So right there with you. Big time. Well, maybe we should start with this then. Um, Haley, why are setting boundaries so hard for people? <laughs> Man, it's a question of the day. Man, <laughs> right? you didn't want to start with something easy, like, did you? <laughs> like it just because seriously, it's like, yep. think about it, right? I think when you get when you're when you become an expert and really strong at setting boundaries, when you when you jump into that, it it becomes natural. It becomes a really natural flow of things. You get really in flow with the fact that these are your boundaries for yourself. You honor them and you don't really think much of it to that extent because it becomes like a natural language at that point, like a fluent language. But when you rewind and you go back to the beginning of your healing journey, long before those boundaries existed, when you rewind, it's like, why was it so hard in the first place to learn how to set those boundaries? Yes. I distinctly remember feeling for so long, like there was some sort of barrier between like the words I wanted to say and my mouth. It's like there was an obstacle. I could not in those Mm -hmm. moments, like say no or set a boundary. And I think in my work, I've noticed a few key reasons and some folks may have like a couple, none, all. But I think one of the big ones is you know, if our needs have been invalidated in the past, whether it's by a caregiver or a significant other or an institution or a Mm -hmm. faith, you know, any number of things, I think we slowly internalize the belief that our needs don't matter. And boundaries are just tools we use to protect our needs, right? So why would we bother protecting something we don't think is worth protecting? Mm. 
Um, that's, that's one big reason. Also, you know, a lot of folks who have experienced trauma mm -hmm. may develop like the fawn response or, or learned helplessness where we kind of learn that we can't control our external world. So what we try to do is control whether or not we have needs at all, <laughs> which is hard because well, of course we have them. Yeah. Beautifully stated. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Beautifully stated. And one, it is I, so hard. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I just wanted to make sure. And I think it's so important to also talk about like oppression and um, systemic barriers to boundary setting too. Like for folks who have been marginalized in our culture or don't have as much social power, it's harder to set boundaries. Like if yeah. I'm in like a difficult financial situation, for example, it's going to be pretty darn hard for me to set a firm boundary with my boss because I need that job to be okay. Yeah. 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 I'm so glad that you're bringing that up, that piece up, because that's something that um, I'm not how I'm not sure what episodes, if any, that you've listened to with us in the past. But it's something that we do kind of keep uh, keep going with with like kind of a pattern or a theme is the fact that uh, the systemic oppression is very real. Mm -hmm. in every single facet of life, particularly when you are a, a vulnerable population in need. And, and so we are often uh, taught in those roles or those individuals to um, not speak up, to not have a voice. Mm -hmm. yep. Absolutely. I... No, go ahead, Haley. Oh, no, Amber, please. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. I've talked a lot already. <laughs> No, I think it's something that can be overlooked a lot of times. It's something that people maybe are afraid to bring up to say like, hey, this is something that's not being talked about. So I'm grateful that you rounded out your kind of assessment or your big three with one that um, doesn't get talked about enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so, and we can't not, like, I think that's one of my um, biggest personal frustrations with things like social media or spaces that encourage us to be quippy and simple yes. is that w a lot of voices get left out in that. And, um, but it's so important, you know? So yeah, we have to talk about that and different, I mean, every different community or different identity group faces different barriers to this stuff, no doubt. 100%. Um, and I think that a part of this ties exactly back to what you were just mentioning about about the fact that um, boundaries teach people how to treat us. Mm -hmm. And if we are used to being treated in a certain kind of a way, we're probably not gonna have really great boundaries. If we're used to being treated like crap, or that's how we were taught or whatever through a toxic relationship or your family of origin upbringing or trauma whatever the case um we we kind of flub with the boundary side of things because it's never really been role modeled to us it hasn't been taught and we we haven't really thought that we're worthy to do it so um you know the yeah. it's so easy i think with pop psychology and uh insta therapy <laughs> Uh, on Instagram or whatever, to have all of these like bulleted points of what you should be doing and how easy mm. it is to say no. Um, oh my gosh, it's not easy at all. Whoever's saying that, shut up. Like stop, <laughs> stop. Get out. It's not, get out of here with that nonsense. Right? And <laughs> it's, I think it is, it's, it's really, it's blasphemy. It's yeah. There's Lindsay, so before we yeah, go ahead. before we dive into that, I want to provide like an alternative approach to what you just said because for years I struggled with boundaries because in my mind a boundary was something I was setting to tell somebody else how to treat me and like that 
it was a barrier for me mm. because I'm like, it's not my job to tell you how to treat me. Like what my job is and what my boundary does for me is satisfy and say, Amber, if you are not being treated this way, or if this thing is not being met, you exit, you like exit stage left. I'm not going to be present in this anymore. It's not because the other way of thinking in my brain was like, oh, Amber, like you can't control other people. Like that's a whole level of, you know, shenanigans that you we're not going to stress ourselves out with. So I couldn't set a boundary because I'm like, well, like shit, I can't control what everybody else does, but I can control what I do. I can control what tables I choose to sit mm -hmm. at and what like what I allow myself to participate in. And that was that was a pivotal moment for me in boundary setting. And it's something that Lindsay, you know, last year I did like a massive boundary setting that was like, <laughs> I'm going to allow myself to decline invitations to things. Like, mm -hmm. who? Yeah. Like, who knew? It sounds really simple. And when I put it like that, people kind of look at me like I've grown a right. second head. But like, yeah, being but the people pleaser, no. yes, right. being the one who's like, oh my gosh, somebody needs me. Like, they want me around. Like, that doesn't mean that you have to be there. Sometimes other things come up and you have to take care of yourself first. Um, so that I just wanted to like, Yes. insert that caveat. <laughs> I see that. Like, first of all, kudos, because Thank I know you. that like, I remember for me, I always tell this story of like, I had a partner who wanted to go to like burrito place A. And I still remember all the courage it took for me to say, I'd actually prefer to go to burrito place B. And it was from the outside, you'd look at that and you'd think it was just a normal conversation. But in my heart, I was like, I did the thing. Like, I, I did the thing. So, proud. <laughs> <laughs> so I get that. And then also I think Something you touched on, Amber, that I wanted to like underline is kind of like this really fundamental difference between requests and boundaries. Because for me, understanding that truthfully like rocked my world because mm. there is a truth to the idea that we can't control other people. I think like a request is when we ask someone else to change their behavior to meet our needs. And mm -hmm. that's like a really valid thing to do, especially in relationships where there's a lot of trust and intimacy. But their requests are fundamentally unenforceable because we can't make someone change yeah we can ask them but whatever whereas boundaries exactly like you said are when we say it's about us it's saying what am i willing or not willing to tolerate and if it's not tolerable how can i remove myself from it and so boundaries are like fundamentally enforceable and i think that distinction i don't know i just find it really important and interesting oh yeah I mean, that is some powerful stuff right there, because that's just that usually when I, at least I would say on the surface level, and whenever I was a beginner at setting boundaries, I really thought of boundaries as a way to control others. Mm, same. <laughs> and it's like, I couldn't have been more wrong if I tried. Uh, boundaries isn't about trying to control others. It's about teaching others what I will and will not accept. And if we're a good fit or not, and sometimes yeah. we're just not a good fit and that's okay. Exactly. Right. Sometimes it's okay. Like this is something I've been talking yeah. a lot about online recently too, is this idea that just because I set a boundary with you doesn't make you or your behavior wrong. It just yes. means that it's not a good fit for me right now. Yeah. Yes. And this is the same for the same reason. I feel like people come and go in our life in a season, you know, it just, sometimes it's a good fit in the moment or for that season. And that's wonderful. And maybe there's mm -hmm. a falling out or something happens, something goes awry, but at the end of the day, just the goodness of fit kind of fell apart. Something happened there and it, it you don't have to have a, a defining 
moment to explain it. It's just someone's here and someone's there. That's um, right. And your path is different than mine and that's okay. We can keep moving. Yeah. It doesn't have to be about um, there being a specific instance of trauma, so to speak, or a specific boundary violation. It could just be y'all are on two different paths. Right. What could be more normal than that? Right. Like yeah, mismatch. But, like, yeah, exactly. And I think like we fall prey to this like BFF mentality, even in our adulthood, like, well, if we're not talking every day and we're not, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we don't hang out three times a week and it's not whatever, something's wrong. You know, mm -hmm. somebody's mad at me and all of these things. And I feel like that's where boundaries really come into play to say like, Right now, one of the popular things on social media, I don't know if y'all have seen it, is this idea that, you know, um, you should go quiet and see which one of your friends actually reaches out to you because those are the ones that actually care about you. Okay. Ooh, ooh, listen, mama. listen, <laughs> that is the biggest crock of crap I have seen in a very long time. Like I here, just, here. I cannot, I'm like, what sort of toxic garbage mm. are we spewing as adult females to say you didn't text me so you don't care about me listen some of us are just trying to tread water and like <laughs> mm. yes <laughs> and since when is like putting your like this is like testing your relationships yes. we all know like any book on relationships will tell you that putting your partner or putting a friend in a position like you're testing their loyalty like what is this game of thrones like yeah, we're all adults please. like you said we're treading little water. did you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little did you know surprise um yeah it just so i i bring that up because i feel like oftentimes our boundaries put us in a position where then society latches onto this little thing and tries to create a problem. And I think this is a great example because, you yeah. know, say you set a boundary that like, I'm, I don't leave my house more than X number of days a week, right? Like it stresses me out. It takes a lot of my energy. And I say like, I'm going to stay home on X, Y, Z day. That's a boundary for me. I don't necessarily like share it broadly and say, I don't leave the house on this day, but you may invite me to something and I may decline. And then I may decline again when you do it. And like after three or four of those times, there's probably going to be a conversation of like, hey, do you not want to hang out with me? Did something happen? Are we okay? Yeah. Which I also think is healthy, but like that's a boundary that I've set does not mean that I don't love you, does not mean that I don't want to hang out. It just means that we need to do a better job of coordinating when it's a goodness of fit or when it's like a good opportunity for our energy right? Yes. And like, we can have those conversations. I think that's the thing too, is not being afraid to sit down with a friend or a partner or whoever, and just be like, what do we both expect? What do we both need? Where are we both yes. at? Because otherwise we fall into this awful pitfall, like the, the crappy thing you just alluded to the whole mm -hmm. check in with your friends is like, we're expecting mind reading from yeah. people, which is not cool and leads to resentment. Yeah. Totally. Um, I know for me, like I'm introverted. I actually just realized that this year after years of thinking I was an extrovert, really, I was just like a, a, a people pleaser trying to fit in. But I think for me, like in, in the name of polarity, like most of my closest friends are extroverts. And if yeah. they had their way, we'd be hanging out most days till 3 a.m., multiple times a day. And it's been a really interesting learning process to set boundaries, kind of like you said, Amber, and like learn to dialogue around how it has nothing to do with them and how yes. I love them immensely. But my social battery is mm -hmm. a little bit smaller and yes. like, and, and sometimes, right. and that's all right. And sometimes they feel a little hurt by that. And that's also all right. Like, mm -hmm. it's just the, the gray area of all of it. Yeah. yeah. 
I really appreciate your highlighting of the mind reading aspect because mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the cognitive distortion around it, because it, it really is something that can be uh, something that we unknowingly do. We're unknowingly setting ourselves up to feel that level of resentment because we are, we're mind reading for the other person. Um, there was something that I, I learned a long time ago as an, uh, avid attendee at this time in my life. I used to go to Al-Anon a lot, which is for friends and family members of uh, those with addictions, more specifically alcoholism. And in uh, Al-Anon, I remember them talking a lot about how expectations are premeditated resentments. Mm, yes. And boy, I got to tell you, when I first heard that, it just blew my whole world up. I was mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh expectations are premeditated resentments and i'm thinking all those people that in my head at this time in my life um you know i could i could be so self-righteous of who who they should have shown up they should have done this differently they should have da, 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 they should have known i felt this way they should mm. have known that i needed this thing and you know when i i remember sitting in one of those group meetings and when i heard that i said damn I am a part of the problem. I am a part of my own problem. Yep. Like, would yep. you look at that? <laughs> it's a light bulb moment, isn't it? When it's like, oh, because oh, until yeah. then you feel very much a victim of others' behavior and choices. And yes. to recognize that like, oh, and not only the cool part about realizing I'm part of the problem is that I can be part of the solution. Yeah. I have autonomy yes. over stating my needs and yeah. How empowering is that? I mean, really, it was one of those moments where like, I felt like I got kicked down to the ground, like, damn, that hurt. But then I'm like, you know what? I'm empowered enough to get up and teach myself how to undo this way of being. <laughs> and then, you know, to, to have that sense of agency was uh, really life-changing in a lot mm -hmm. of ways. You know, learning that I can say no and that no is a complete sentence and it's within my right to, to use that word. <laughs> yeah. um, is just it it sounds so simple but it is so hard to get the mindset there behind the scenes to bring us forward to having it as like a natural language and way of living completely and i think part of making that more natural or something that has assisted me and folks i work with in terms of like removing some of the guilt um around that like being like my needs matter i should speak to them is that at least in my experience, like not only does a, being clear about your expectations and needs obviously benefit you for obvious reasons, it benefits the people you're close to because then they're not sitting there wondering, oh, why is Lindsay ignoring me? Or why is Amber not texting me back? Like yeah. we eliminate a ton of confusion and again, premeditated resentments when we communicate clearly, generally speaking. When Absolutely. It, I agree. And I'd like to like take that down a layer to ask you like in your professional opinion as somebody who does this and who like has done a lot of learning, yeah. what does that look like? Like what are effective ways for me to, to communicate with, you know, people in my life to be able to share those boundaries in a way that I'm not saying you messed up, you did this thing. So I did this thing and like take the take the blame game out of it and just have an adult, like healthy conversation about boundaries? Mm, that's such a good question because it's easy. It's so Ooh. slippery slope to fall into that or easy, easy to fall into. <laughs> the it's easy. 
so easy. You know, it's hard. Haley, tell me, tell me all the things. <laughs> Make it easy for us. Right. But I feel like in my experience, it really helps. This sounds simple, but really focusing on I statements has been imperative, right? Mm -hmm. So I feel such and such way with the introversion. I need more alone time than the average Joe. I need social recharge time. I this, or, you know, so really focusing on our own feelings, our own needs, um, and also opening up the dialogue. I think something that I don't like about a lot of boundary setting discourse is this like implicit assumption that you have to go into these conversations ready to say no and stand up for yourself, like fearless. And that doesn't align with a lot of our realities, especially recovering people pleasers. Cause we're like, right. I'm nervous. I am afraid of hurting their feelings. I care yeah. about them. This might yeah. hurt them. Mm -hmm. And so in the beginning, I encourage what I call like a radically transparent approach to boundary setting. So what that means is like going into it, owning that it may be uncomfortable. So I might say like, Amber, like I'm, I really care about you and I'm afraid of hurting your feelings. Um, but I want our relationship to be a place where we can be honest with each other. So I need to tell you that such and such. Yeah. And that's, that's a little lengthy, but it's kind of, it's honoring your experience. It's honoring yes. my experience and it's saying with compassion, what I need. Absolutely. Yeah, I and it that. brings back that, that expectation setting piece. And I think that is such a, a huge element of communication as a whole that we as humans kind of lose sight of it. A mm -hmm. lot of times it's the fact that um, we all want consistency, predictability. We want to know what's next. I mean, that's just mm -hmm. how the natural brain works, but then you add in the layers of if you've had trauma in your past and it's just tenfold more intense in terms of that need. So being able to communicate the expectation of I need X, Y, Z, and I need to all, because of that need, we need to kind of discuss this topic here in order to achieve this element of our relationship. Yeah, it can be a conversation. Yeah. And in the spirit of conversation, what does yeah. the other side look like? So somebody you care about says, because this is where I struggle and I tell Lindsay this a lot, that sometimes yes. I forget how to people. Um, <laughs> and it's like, my brain just short circuits and I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like you, you very kindly and very clearly laid out this thing for me and now I'm holding it in my hand and I have no idea what to do next. Like when you're receiving someone's boundary? Yeah. Yep. That is, I get it. Um, because there's no doubt that sometimes someone's boundary means you're going to get less of them or you're mm -hmm. going to have more space or time or distance or whatever. And then when we love someone or care about someone, that can be painful. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think it's a both and. Like, I think you can simultaneously cognitively really understand why a person needs a boundary and honor their right to it and be like, you do you yeah. and feel emotionally impacted when someone asks for space or distance from you. Yeah. 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 I think it's a big problem. I think the biggest problem for me comes up when I judge myself mm -hmm. for feeling a little hurt or wounded by someone's boundary, because that's mm. really normal. Like, yeah, yeah. that's oh, not like a solution, great. but rather just a, yeah, me too. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, and like, we're allowed to be people and we're allowed to have feelings and they're mm -hmm. not like in a perfect little box. What a relief. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. And like, it's okay. Like, there's this one quote I've heard again online that's like, 
sometimes, and this is another nuance, like a deeper layer now, which is that sometimes one person's boundary is incompatible with another person's need, right? Mm -hmm. So just because if someone sets a boundary with you, you may want to honor it, but that boundary may mean that the relationship is no longer functioning in a way that feels emotionally safe for you. That's right. At which point you then get to decide can I be flexible and compromise or do I then need to set a boundary around my participated in this relationship? Yes. Layers. This, is, this, this kind of, that's exactly why at the beginning I was talking about the seasons, right? How people yes. come and go in our life in a season, because the more you grow and the more that you heal and you step into to that whole take up space, use your voice, the more yep. you kind of learn how to lean into that, you're going to be met with some resistance from some people and you might cross other people's boundaries unintentionally by finding mm -hmm. your voice. And that doesn't make you a bad person, nor does it make the person on the receiving end a bad person, because to your point, they could have a different need that now you're unable to meet. You're unable to align in that and that's okay. And it's a matter of like really having that, that mindfulness of just sitting in that space and saying, whew, this is really uncomfortable and I'm really sorry to see that we're going down this path and it's been wonderful to know you. And it's, you know, it just, this is what it is. And I wish you all the best peace and love, you know, gotta go. It just yes. is what it is. It's not always that easy. Uh, you hope that you've got two civil adults that are willing to communicate together, but, um, yeah. you know, I think that's a big part of the healing journey that, that is not often discussed, which is how many people you might lose in the process of leveling up. And it's so hard. Like, I think mm. to, if I could share like a personal story real quick I to that it. point, sure. absolutely. Like maybe a year and a half ago now, I was kind of coming to terms. I was doing the thing of taking up more space and letting myself kind of honor my own limits. And there was a particular relationship in my life in which I'd very much been the listener like the sounding board, the pseudo therapist. And I was recognizing that that was no longer working for me. Mm. And I had a couple talks about it with this person. And yet we never quite reached an equilibrium that felt reciprocal enough for me. Mm. And so I eventually had to step back. And that was mm. so complicated. And I think yeah. we, we toss around the phrase like outgrowing relationships, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. But the, the visceral emotional reality is so different. Like I felt such guilt. Mm -hmm. I felt pride. I felt self-respect. I felt shame, like the soup of emotion. Oh my God. And I remember even saying to the person then, like, I see what you're going through and I hear you like, mm -hmm. and this just isn't working for me anymore. Yeah. And like, it wasn't even a judgment of them. It was just, again, honoring my own limits. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sensitive person. Like it was just mm -hmm. too much for me to handle at the time. Yeah. And this person was very, very hurt by it. And I think it left like a real wound for them that yeah. still exists, I think. And that is a lot to sit with. Like, how oh, do we yes. sit with the hurt of knowing that our boundaries have hurt someone? Yes. Oh my, that speaks to my soul yeah. as well, girl. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel that on so many different levels, um, on so many different levels. I have lost a number of friends myself for the same kind of reasons over time. I actually just got divorced after three years of waiting. It's, it's final. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hooray. 
but there was a there was a lot even in the context of that relationship um, of my marriage is that you know boundary setting was something that was very absent uh, for the duration of the marriage and um, the more I kept learning my needs matter I matter I need to stand up for myself I need to start using my voice and the more I kept getting a little bit better at doing it the more the relationships start to crumble. Mm. Yep. This can happen. You know, it's very real. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I just, I can feel that with my whole heart, how much of a uh, impact that can make and the ripple effect, no less that it can create. And the, the feelings of guilt for using your voice, because you know, wholeheartedly, even like, you know, going into it and that person, whether it's a friendship work colleague, whatever. Um, when, when it's a boundary, that's really hard for you to set. And you know, that relationship well enough to know, man, I'm going to hurt them by setting yeah. this boundary. I'm going to hurt them by speaking my truth and being yeah. really honest with my core needs right now. Yeah. And I'm going to feel the fear and I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> that's right. Oh that's my right. Gosh, that's hard. And such a yucky feeling. Um, it's hard. It happens so much, right. In partnerships. I see it a mm -hmm. lot with people and their parents, people in their family of origin. I think that's where this comes up, especially potently. Yeah. Oh yeah. Same right here, right here. <laughs> <sister>. <laughs> right here. Hardcore. <laughs> it is. And it's something that we've talked about a lot here. And Lindsay and I talk about this a lot in our like personal off air conversations too, right. To say like, you have to sit in the crap. You have to sit in the dirt mm -hmm. and you have to feel the feels like mm -hmm. do the work and then emerge from it, a different person emerge from that, having learned yes. something emerge from that, you know, having grown or, you know, changed in some way and also simultaneously hold space for the fact that like, you can grieve that relationship. You can grieve that old version of you. You can That's grieve like, I look back yeah. and I think about yeah. all that I have lost and all that I have gained as I've grown as a human, as I've grown as, you know, um, a mom, just all of it. And I'm like, I can feel an immense sense of pride and joy and just excitement about where I am. And also like in that exact same moment, be like in tears mm -hmm. because of something I no longer have because of a boundary I set or something I learned or something, you know, some growth aspect. Mm -hmm. Mm, oh, the suffering part. Yeah, like and can we talk about that? Like, let's yes, talk, use the word to. grief. Can we dive into that? Yes, yes. let's go. We're diving. Like the, <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, right? So grief, like grief, grief, grief. I think grief is boundary setting work is so often grief work because here's the yeah. thing, mm -hmm. like when oh, so many thoughts. Like yes, when, when we reach the point of setting a boundary with a person. It's often after some time has passed where we've tried to not have to set a boundary. Maybe I've asked you to meet my needs in different ways mm -hmm. and you simply can't or won't. Yes. Maybe I've dreamed of a form our relationship could take. But then by the time I'm setting a boundary with you, I'm essentially saying some part of this isn't working for me. So like you said earlier in the show, Amber, like I need to remove or I think it was Lindsay. I need to like remove myself a little bit from this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like th there's grief in that. I mean, you're letting go of like hopes, yeah. expectations, what the relationship mm -hmm. was. It's so the painful. Potential. The yeah, potential. The, I, the idea of what you thought you had and isn't there or they cannot provide it. 
-hmm. the hopefulness, the dreams of what if there's so many layers of complex grief involved with that. And I think the reason that many of us don't set the hard boundaries is because we don't want to feel the grief. I think it's why a lot of us stay too long in relationships yes. that really aren't working. It's why yes. we don't have the hard conversation with our parents. It's because we don't want to face that grief, understandably. Yeah. So we linger in the liminal space of being like, this really isn't working for me and I feel terrible, but I'm not yet at the place where I can face the grief and pull back. Yes. And there's well, something... I'm, rem- oh, I'm sorry, Lindsay, go ahead. I just want to comment on on this because I really want to hold space for where you're coming from with this this concept of grief because a big a big part of um, what I talk about as a life coach is this idea that you cannot know joy without suffering. Mm. This idea that gratitude and suffering is that pathway to to actually experience joy in your life and. Um, you know, this really does come from more of a Zen Buddhist mindset, but this idea of, um, and I know this is a, a quote, but no mud, no lotus, you right. no mud, no lotus. You don't get the beautiful lotus that blossoms. That's been sitting in the mud and looking so crappy and ugly. You don't become the lotus without the mud. And, you know, I think that's where we have to give ourselves permission to really sit in that space, sit in that mud, feel the feelings that come with that grief, allow the suffering to just be present. Don't try to fight it, just sit with it. And it is such a, um, it's so simple yet so freaking hard that you are willing Mm -hmm. to fight it tooth and nail with every single fiber of your being. And then after you finally give in, maybe because of just sheer exhaustion at that point, or you just can't, you know, whatever conditions in your environment have shifted, now you're just stuck in the mud. um, You're forced to feel that pain. Mm -hmm. You're forced to sit in it. And it's like, once you come out on the other side as the Lotus, it's like, man, why didn't I come up with this idea a long time ago? <laughs> well, and so, yes to everything you just why, said, like a hundred percent. And it feeds so well because as you were talking, Haley, and as you were talking, Lindsay, like what pops in my head is right, this may be a Southern thing. So forgive me for anybody who's not from the South, who's not heard this, but Growing up, I always remember hearing the devil, you know, is better than the devil. You don't. So like staying in your situation, you know what to expect. You know what's going to happen. There's a comfort in like consistency, even if it's poor treatment or detrimental to your mental health and all of those things versus this unknown of, well, if I make a change or I set a boundary or whatever, like it could be worse. That is, I mean, it's so potent and that's the thing. Like, I think we all have a tendency to find security in familiarity. Yes. And yes, even when it's unsafe, just Mm -hmm. let's highlight that piece because I know we've talked about this a lot. I'm a trauma therapist. I don't know if I even said that to you before, Haley. Yeah. (laughs) You know, as I think about that, is that, um, you know, that familiarity breeds comfort and, and Mm -hmm. we don't always recognize that just because something's familiar doesn't necessarily mean that it's safe. (laughs) Um, That is such a key distinction. 
Yeah. And we, again, you know, we just go with what, when we talk about the family of origin problems and where things started and originated and where we originally learned the patterns of what love feels like or how communication is supposed to look, um, it's familiar. So we keep finding that mirror in our lives and finding the things that look just like what we've always known and find ourselves in these patterns and then say, why? Why does this keep happening? Why does this keep happening? Why am I here again? Why is this the same as it was before? Yeah. And it's like, because right. you haven't changed anything. Yep. And if nothing changes, nothing changes. Right. Look, we are full That's of little so puns funny. today. <laughs> we are like. <laughs> and for that reason, like, I think this lends itself really well to the positive flip side, which is talking about cycle breaking. Yes. Like, because we have to celebrate victories in this work, because otherwise all we'll see yes. is all the work we have left to do. So like, really think about it. Like, if we're someone who's come from a background of this stuff, and we, I think of it as like comparable to the hero's journey. Like we go through all these phases of suffering and fear and challenge and reticence to change and oh, and then eventually we set a boundary or we leave an, an unhealthy relationship or whatever. I mean, that is an enormous victory and it's breaking for so many of us, like breaking cycles of not only our own like trauma, but also like trauma for generations. Yes. Mm. Yes, your ancestors a, would be proud. Right? And your future ancestors, <laughs> your, your kiddos or your, your, your siblings, kids or whatever, like you're also role modeling a new way of being. Yes, and for yeah. so many of my clients, that is like the most potent incentive to do the hard thing is the role modeling. Mm, beautiful. And I know this is something that definitely touches on Amber's heartstrings. She's got two little ones at home. I do. And they are the biggest reason that I've made a lot of the changes that I've made for my health, like physical, mental, all of the things and the way that I choose to organize my calendar and organize my life and, you know, just all of the things. It's all so interconnected because when you, like for me, when I looked at this tiny human that like I had just spent nine months like <laughs> caring for with doing all of the things. And I'm like, oh my God, now I'm the responsible for this human and they're in the outside world. And like they're exposed <laughs> to all of the things and they're exposed secondhand to what I allow to happen. And they're learning and creating patterns of what they're going to allow to happen. So I had this whole like existential crisis as I became yeah. a mom where I'm like, man, this is heavy and nobody mm -hmm. talked about it. <laughs> I can only imagine as a non-parent hearing that it's just, it's so moving because you're right. Like there's a lot in what you, you say and tell your children, but there's also what you're demonstrating just by living your own life. And I'll tell you, and I think all parents know this, those kids pay far more attention to what you do and what you are physically like ex exhibiting on the outside versus what you're saying to them. Like, it's mind boggling that we can have mm -hmm. the same conversation. I can do the same coaching and I can like tell them exactly how something's done. I do it a different way. They see me do that. And immediately that's how they do it. And yeah. I'm like, no, that <laughs> like yeah. what? Monkey see monkey do. <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> they are so perceptive. Absolutely. Kids are so smart, but that's what, that's exactly the point, right? Is that we learn these things at such a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just the first year of life actually for a human is one of the most profound because this mm-hmm. is when they learn attachment. This is when they learn in essence, the foundational underpinnings of what attachment is supposed to feel like. Mm-hmm. Is it secure? Is it unsecure? Is it you know, am I going to be anxious? Is that is my mom or dad going to show up for me? Is my caregiver going to show up for me in the way that I need? So it becomes like, you know, just every little facet. And, I, and I'm not saying this to be like, oh, parents, y'all are doomed. Like something happened horrible. And, you know, like, oh, because it's, it's like, all fixable too. Like we can all do the work to fix the things. <laughs> Yes. Or, or treatable, treatable. Say, treatable, treatable. You never know what the outcome's going to be, but yeah. you can certainly, you can do symptom management obviously is more of a healthcare perspective, but yes. you know, we can all, we can all do hard things. We can all, yeah. you know, try our best. And when we know better, do better. You know, it doesn't matter how old you are, if you're a parent or not, it's just, once you know better, do better and, and try to just show up and be the best person you can be. And I think boundary setting is actually a huge, po- uh, a huge point in that is learning to honor yourself and your needs and, and do the best that you can. Yep. And trusting that every part of that journey is going to be a little different. I think like something that's been coming up. I wonder if you two have experienced this in your work, but this year I had a pretty pivotal shift, which was after, you know, about four to five years of really honing in on allowing myself to speak up, prioritizing my needs, setting these hard limits and everything. I reached a really unexpected point where I was finding myself finding so much joy and excitement in giving and being generous. Um, which like, I feel like had become like dirty words in my own mouth, just because I had a history of doing that way too much. So there was this really fascinating shift where once I learned how to set boundaries around my giving and generosity, it was like, I came out the other side and all of a sudden this thing is joyful again. And I want to show up for my friends and I want to take my buddy to the airport at 3am because I want to care for him. And like, Mm -hmm. it was such a, like a total (laughs) mindset shift. I was like, what? But it just goes to show that like, even if for a little while you need to be quote selfish or you need to whatever, you can come out the other side and still have your like empathetic, compassionate, beautiful self, you know? Oh yeah. And, and plus I think, I think that that experience and that shift that you were feeling is like, these are my decisions. Yes. There's agency. Yes. Yes. It's like, I can choose to do this. I would be more than happy to take you to the airport at 3am. What time would you like me to pick you up? But instead of like fear-based compulsive, like anxiety-based overgiving as opposed to agency and autonomy. And like, I choose to do this because it aligns with my values right now. Yes, absolutely. Doing it whenever you're, it's not from a place of a fear, as you said, or you're feeling like you're obliged to do it. It just, it is a game changer in your mindset and how you show up in the world. And this is why I say, I think the ripple effect is so far and wide reaching because it all of a sudden you want to pay it forward tenfold, Mm -hmm. but it's coming from a different space in your heart. And therefore it's received in that way. It's people can feel that energy connection. In my opinion, this is certainly not a clinical perspective here, but I, I do believe in the power of the contagion effect and energy and how we affect others. And I I do feel that that's one of those things that 
can really bond people together and, and aid in that sense of connection. Mm, yeah. I agree. And it's all about the growth mindset, right? And it's all about understanding nothing is like permanent in this space. You know, you make a boundary today, you have it for a season and you adjust. And Lindsay, we talked about this recently of doing reviews to say, hey, is this thing still serving me? Is this Mm -hmm. decision I made or is this goal I set or is this boundary I set? Like, Does it still fit? What's it doing for me? How do I feel about it? And just taking the time. And Haley, you hit on this too with your idea of like celebrating those victories. We don't do it. We move on to the next thing. We don't celebrate. We don't review. We don't like go back through. We just like our our attention span doesn't allow it or our like the way we've been conditioned doesn't encourage it. Yeah. yeah. Self-worth. I'm obsessed a- with this idea of like the boundary review and just checking in with yourself. Um, I wrote that down because I think it's such a powerful idea because it it yeah. honors the fact that we change and shift. Like how, how potent. I love that. Like, yes. Hey, we are living, breathing, like changing humans. So our, like our needs change, our boundaries change, our goals change. So I think that's the part that I wanted to make sure that, you know, we we round out our discussion, right? Because we've talked about the um, genesis of beginning to set boundaries and what that looks like, what that feels like, and having those real life conversations with a person and being receptive and open and holding space for all the feels because we're going to have them. But then like, what do you do? Like, I set this boundary. What's next? Right. And you know what? You're allowed to change your mind. <laughs> What? I love it. Get out of here. <laughs> Goodbye. <Steering laughs> fingers. This is You're a great reminder for everyone who's listening and has not seen us on YouTube. You must go to the YouTube channel to actually see our facial expressions, the spirit fingers, and like all the fun stuff that we do on screen because. You really only get half the experience if you're only listening um, with your, you know, headphones or whatever. Yeah. I got to be honest, of all the podcasts I've interviewed for, the gestures on this one are just cream of the crop, like the very Ah. best. So I love that. Check out YouTube. We appreciate that. Y'all heard that. Nice little promo shout out. Thank you very much, Haley. Go to youtube.com backslash at what the Fox podcast and click subscribe. Love it. So I think we are kind of coming to the end, the natural end of this conversation, right? So I think, Haley, what we like to do at the end is kind of open up a little bit of space. Is there something that you want to share specifically with our audience, something that you want them to take away from this episode or just, you know, any little tidbit that you'd like to leave us with? Mm, God, how do you pick one? I think really just, yeah, right. Exactly. Who says it has to be one? (laughs) True, true, true. Breaking boundaries. I'd say you know, I really think like, I just think what I've loved most about this conversation is all the the space held for humanness. And that sounds mm. kind of far reaching and broad, but it really does feel like the biggest takeaway for me is just, it's like the both and I'm allowed yes. to set a boundary and that might make me feel guilty and you're allowed to be hurt by it. And this could benefit our relationship in the long term. And like, you know, like it doesn't need to be a zero sum <laughs> yeah. game, mutually exclusive thing, which I think that's why these long form conversations really matter because I think Mm -hmm. on social media or other avenues, it's easy to get stuck in a black and white mentality. So Mm -hmm. hold, hold space for all of it. I mean, that's really what I'm taking away from this. 
Yes, all the things, all the things. I love that. You, I love the way that you just um, synthesized all of that because it's true. There's not just one way versus the other way. This is not a black or white process, and it's certainly not an overnight process. Uh, something I often tell my coaching and therapy clients is just the fact that you know, you didn't learn this stuff overnight and you certainly cannot hold yourself accountable for unlearning and unbecoming overnight. It's, this takes time. You have to give yourself grace and it's not about the destination. It really is about being present in the moment, getting through one day at a time, and then just celebrating the little wins. Whenever you yes. say, I want burrito restaurant number one versus burrito restaurant number two, you say, hell yes, I did that. I did, I did the did thing. That. Yes. And it's okay for you to do that. Give yourself grace and honor yourself and celebrate your achievements because over time, that is what builds our sense of self-efficacy and helping us think that we can, hey, I did it once. I can do it again. And then that builds our sense of self-confidence and self-esteem. So Again, with the ripple effect, y'all. Um, so just start somewhere. It doesn't matter where, start somewhere. That's right. Here, here. Yes. yes. Baby steps. Those are the That's ones right. that actually like lead to stuff. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, they're sustainable. Yeah. Yep. Incremental. That's right. Absolutely. Well, to everyone who is listening today, we just want to say thank you so much for tuning in. And Haley, thank you so much for being our guest on What the Fox podcast. We want to remind all of our listeners that we are available on all of your favorite podcast platforms and YouTube. We don't really talk about YouTube that much, but we're trying to get a little bit better at that. So you guys feel free to subscribe. And also, if you like today's episode, we would love to ask you to please leave a review because when you leave a review on Apple, Spotify, or whatever, it actually really gives us a nice little bump so that we can get bumped in the algorithm and be given off to new uh, new listeners to find us. So thank you so much. And yes, until and next time. Well, before we leave, because I know, here's one thing I know. People are going to want more information from Haley after listening to this episode. So Haley, do you want to share really quick how people can find you? And of course, we'll put it in the show notes too, so that they can have a reference. Don't be typing and driving y'all. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> so good. Well, after, yes. So after you subscribe to these folks on YouTube, you can find me on Instagram at Haley Page McGee. If you want these like daily reminders and hilarious reels, just kidding. They're not that funny, but you can find me there. And then if you're interested in like my workshops, my group coaching, my support group, HaleyMcGee.com is where that lives. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This right. was so fun. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Haley. All right, guys and dolls, we will see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. <laughs> and we all say everything is going to be just fine. It's going to fall into place. The sun is going to set on your terrible day.